Welcome to Sports Cap Radio. This is actually our first podcast of the new year. Uh, we went out with a bang. Our last podcast that was recorded in the last uh, week of December was quite the drunken one. Um, <laughs> but I am since doing dry January, so this is going to be a really sober one. But we didn't do a podcast last week. If you noticed, uh, kind of a weird week. Um, obviously, the Demar Hamlin thing went down, and I don't know, just didn't seem like a week that we really wanted to be funny or even try to be funny. Even though I, I guess that after, after reflecting on it, that's kind of the opposite of what we probably should have done. But I don't know. It just seemed like everything that needed to be said about that situation had already been said. And I don't know. We would have just been retreading on what everyone else was thinking. So shout out to Damar Hamlin. He's officially out of the hospital. Uh, but last week as, as a whole was just a bizarre week. So it started out with uh, Jeremy Renner getting run over by his own snowplow. You, you, you guys heard about this, right? didn't really go into it. I haven't I haven't seen yet was it like an equipment malfunction and it came out of gear or I, I'm trying to understand how he ended up in front of his own moving snowplow hearing some of the like numbers on it are it almost seems like impossible like the, so the snowplow weighs 14,000 pounds <laughs> and it rolled over him I mean the guy seems like he's really kind of messed up but he's he's like talking and he, he seems all right but yeah, so even Hawkeye went down. Just a bad week. Uh, Peyton Hillis, um, former you know goat, uh, probably probably the greatest Madden. Yeah, probably the greatest fullback run you know players ever had because he was truly a fullback and he kind of transitioned into a running back for the Browns. But he om- almost died. I believe he's still in critical condition, like literally saving his kids uh, from drowning. And I don't. Do you guys know any of the details of that? I, I, I've I've read about it, and that's pretty much what it is. Like he saved his kids from drowning, and like so, what happened to him? How, how did he get hurt? I think probably just took on too much water or something like that, and or the waves or whatever. Right. Um. Yeah. Well, dude, hopefully, hopefully he's doing all right. But yeah, it just seemed like a just a bizarre week. Uh, the Demar Hamlin thing was just absolutely crazy. I mean, it, the fact that the guy is talking, um, and you know, just just the fact that he's talking and apparently just walked out of the hospital like that's that's incredible. I mean, what 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 an amazing story. Uh, and something. I mean, I, I hate to ask this, but is there any chance this guy plays football again? Um, I, I mean. Think- I definitely, there's a, there's definitely a chance. So there there are you know there is some precedent around this. Uh, same injury happened to Chris Pronger in the 98, 1998 uh, Stanley Cup Finals. Took a slap shot to the chest at the wrong time, uh, and then he played thirteen more seasons. So you know there, there's some precedent to it. Uh, I think it's just all a matter of you know is he able to to regain all that functionality, all those fine motor skills, um, and then you know just. Kind of the reality of it is he's, he's kind of a fringe roster player at the time. Uh, you know, if he loses half of a step, is that too much? Um, but, you know, hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully um, he makes a full recovery and, and, you know, gets back on the field. Yeah, I would expect him to have a bunch of benchmarks to kind of clear uh, before they would let him play in the NFL. But I don't think it's out of the question. I think there's certainly a possibility he's able to make a full recovery, you know, doesn't show any issues, things like that, then... I don't think they're going to stop him from making an effort to try to play again. Yeah. Um, the fact and that he'll he get every opportunity kind of, if he's physically yeah. right. 
Yeah, it's the fact that he's if he's able to do it, he'll get every like chance to feel good story. Guy. Someone brought up a great point. If yeah. this would have happened on like a Falcons game, like on a Sunday, it I mean, this is all anyone could talk about. It was on CNN, Fox News, like it was on everything. It was, you know, a, a, an international sports story. And it's because it happened on Monday Night Football. So many people were watching it. There was so much attention on it. I mean, if it would have happened on, on like a Sunday, there would have been a lot of attention on it. But the fact that it also happened on Monday Night Football between two of possibly the best teams in the NFL, it just magnified the, the whole situation. So I almost think a lot of pressure is going to be on him for him not to play. You know what I'm saying? So I, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, it, it would be an incredible story if the guy makes it back. But obviously, he's got to do whatever he's, he's got to do. Yeah, maybe right. Kurt Warner's company can produce that movie too. <laughs> God, I hope not. <laughs> oh, did you, did you guys ever watch a Kurt Warner movie? No, no. I can't. I, I just I saw the trailer and the stills of like the ill-fitting pads and like the the video of, of like of uh, was it, uh, Zach Levine trying am? to throw a football. Yeah, and I'm just like, this, I can't. I can't do this. So yeah, didn't watch the uh, the, the Sean Payton one either with. So, uh, Kevin James. Oh, God, that, that, that one was a joke. But I promised myself I was never going to watch a Kurt Warner uh, movie. Something about a guy producing a film, a heroic tale of his own life. It just, it rubs me a little bit the wrong way. But I was on an American Airlines flight to Baltimore, and I was like, I saw it on their movie list. I'm like, well, fuck it. Might as well knock it out. And it is really bad. I'm sorry. How far I, how far through it did you make it? I, I watched the whole fucking thing. Oh, you watched the whole thing. The, the <laughs> first the first hour and a half is. Do you guys ever do, did you guys ever watch the Chappelle show? So yes. Chappelle had a, a skit on it that where he was making fun of. There was a, a Cuba Gooding Jr. movie um, that came out in like the early 2000s, and it was about like this guy. Uh, actually, I don't even know if it was it was Cuba Gooding Jr., but whatever. It was like this uh, sailor or guy in the Navy, and it was like a heroic story. Well, they found out that he like wrote it and like directed it, and so like the whole Chappelle skit was like it's like almost like this self indulgent like I'm still standing, I'm still strong, and he's the one that wrote everything. Um, it it's, that, that is Cuba Gooding Jr. and um, Robert De Niro, I believe, were in the movie. It's. It's uh, something honor, something honor. It's exactly what you would expect. It's and people that say it's good. How is that good? I'm sorry. It it is a great story. It's a beautiful story, but some things just don't need to be made into movies. And that was one of them, especially not a corny like uh, I I don't want to get too much into it. But there's just a lot of cringe with the movie. Recommend just skipping that altogether. Yeah. But uh, speaking of dying on the field, um, Lovey Smith Getting fired, <laughs> getting fired from the Texans, dude. Let's talk about it. Um, I mean, literally got fired that night, so they they didn't even it didn't even last the day. I mean, that was definitely a retribution fire firing for winning, correct? Um, I heard that there's a rumor that has it where they already expressed him before the game that they were going to be terminating his services. Ed. So if oh, that's so the case, he went for two as a middle finger. I love it. Yeah, if that's the case, you can't let that guy coach the game, right? No, but it would have been so awkward to fire him. I mean, dude, the Lovey Smith hire, let, let's call it what it is. That was the most obvious tactic to tank. And dude, good on Houston. Like, they they had no chance this year. But um, any chance of Davis Mills becoming a good quarterback was washed away with that decision to have Lovey Smith, you know, be the coach this year. 
Um, it was such a, a yeah, and you're right. It, it was such a fuck you. The, the whole two point conversion. I mean, that last drive, 98 yards by Davis Mills or whatever it was, like that, that is a beautiful fuck you to an organization. I love it because both Dave, Davis Mills is going to be replaced. Lovey Smith knows he's going to be replaced. That should be made a movie, <laughs> right? Yeah, um, that's what I would watch. I, I think. The, I love the uh, the one where uh, the meme that was made where it's uh, Lovey Smith and it's like don't don't say I never did anything for you, Chicago. Yeah, <laughs> I actually made a meme where he said uh, this is prob- probably my biggest Bears win ever. <laughs> so the, yeah, the, absolutely. The, the Bear- awesome. Bears get the number one pick. Um, what do the Bears do, Just, dude? I, I, so I'm I'm hearing a lot of talking heads throw their throw their two cents in. Uh, some guy, you know, it's it's all for shock. But he said that they should trade Justin Fields um, and go for Bryce Young. I just think that's insane. Um, but what, what, do, what do you guys think the, the Bears end up doing with this pick? Uh, you draw up as much interest as you can for it, and then you trade it and get as many picks back as you can because you have a lot of roster holes that you need to fill. Right. And I don't, I don't, I, even if you have Bryce Young, I don't think that's a roster that you're going to be able to flip overnight to where cap capitalizes on his ability to win. And he has durability issues. CJ Stroud has significant question marks um, in regards to his ability. And plus, Justin Fields and CJ Stroud were on the same roster, and he beat him out consistently. Um, he was a much better player, much better prospect. Um, and I don't think that'll change going into the NFL. So, do you? I mean, there, there's some really good defensive linemen at the top of this draft, too. Yes. Do you think they go that Ooh. route? Do they go? I mean, if, if it's me, are you going to build a team from the trenches out? Um, I definitely you know subscribe to that thought process. So I'm looking at like Will Anderson or Jalen Carter and thinking, yeah, so could be I mean, an it, awesome fit there. You're not taking one of those guys one one, right? You have to trade this pick. Okay. Um, in my opinion, um, maybe you convince uh, like a team picking, you know, two, four, whatever, somebody to come up there, even if it's only a few spots give up some extra value and then you take a player like that. Um, I think that's a good fit, but so I'm not only obviously seven, the first overall pick is great, but Houston having the second overall pick is a very viable threat to go take quarterback. Mm-hmm. So if, if you're Chicago, it's, it's twofold, the dream scenario, because you have a very viable threat behind you said, no, if you want your quarterback, you have to go to one. Right. So, yeah. um, yeah, it, it, I, I think you're definitely right. They got they got to trade back, but Ryan Poles, the the, the GM for um, the Bears, this guy, I, I I'm telling you, the moves that he's made this year, he is a horrendous GM. Uh, got very very little uh, for, for the guys that they traded away. Then makes this random trade for Chase Claypool when they're completely out of contention, and Chase Claypool just looks awful at this point. And then he goes to the Bears, and he somehow looks even worse on the Bears than he did with the Steelers. They traded a second-round pick for that, which, by the way, now is the 33rd pick. 32nd, actually, because um, the Dolphins forfeited one of their picks. So it's a first-round pick. So it's it's, it's essentially a first-round pick. So they had two first-round picks, and they fucked it up. Um, So... We're, even though they should trade down, I assure you, I, I'm telling you, the the moves that this guy's make making, I'm on the Bears Reddit. People already hate him, and I, I assure you, he's going to make the wrong choice. But there are so many guys, so many teams behind him, and you know, a lot of Texans fans have been like, "Oh, who cares?" Because the Bears aren't going to take a quarterback. Yeah, motherfucker. But now, if you want Bryce Young, you might literally have to outbid 
what? Who, who, the who behind them? At four? Colts, the Colts the, at yes, four? The issue, that's the interesting thing, too, is there's teams. Two is, is the Texans, four is the Colts, five is the Seahawks. Those are yep. all teams who not only need quarterbacks up in the top of the draft where you have to go ahead of them, it's also spots where, I mean, the move from four to one isn't as expensive as somewhere else in the draft. Maybe Ooh. the Colts just flip up to one, and, and you know they can go back to four and get their pass rusher at four. Well, and right. think about it. So even even the Lions at six, I mean, Jared Goff looks great, but hey, it, I, you know, I, I love Jared Goff as much as the next guy, but it, a lot of people don't think he is the answer. He, by the way, I looked it up today. He's only 28 years old, which kind of blew my mind, and I, I have yeah. a point to make about that later. But the Lions have two first-round picks in this draft, so they could easily trade up. Uh, the Raiders certainly are looking Raiders, for the next quarterback. Falcons. Yep. Panthers, all teams that Panthers need are at, yeah. Panthers at nine. Like there's a lot of teams. Lots of teams that need quarterbacks. Guess what? Not a lot of quarterbacks. <laughs> Not a lot of quarterbacks no. to go around. I think what we're gonna see is another 2021 draft where th- there's just a lot of reaching. I mean, just look at the 2021 draft. I mean, look at Mac Jones. Look at Ooh. look at Trey Lance. It's I I, I, I know Wilson. that people are saying that this is not a great quarterback. Um, draft, but we've seen it so many times. There's going to be right after the combine, people, a lot of teams are going to convince themselves that it is a good quarterback draft. You know what I'm Ooh. saying? Um, oh yeah, yeah I, mean, I mean, quarterbacks are looking really good throwing on air. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. In, a, in a gym with you know a bunch of cameras around. <laughs> there's there's at least three guys that are that mostly all season were projected to be top ten picks um, in Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, and Will Levis. Then you're looking at Anthony Richardson who people rave about all of his physical tools and all this other stuff. So yeah, those, I mean, those are probably the top four you're looking at most likely. Um, but some other guys could come out of some different places. We'll see how the the process plays out. Yeah. And, the, and there's just some landmines in this draft, right? Um, Anthony Richardson, total landmine. Some, some mm-hmm. team, some team is going to convince themselves that Anthony Richardson is the next uh, Josh Allen. And <laughs> you've seen him play. He is not the next Josh Allen. He seems like he's kind of an immature guy too. Um, I, what, what are your thoughts on Will Levis? I think he's pretty good physically. Um, I, I just, I don't know if he's the guy. You know, um, he is pretty. Some of his decision making is questionable. He has um, issues in terms of like. Uh, hitting receivers accurately and stuff like that. But they say a lot of people, scouts say that he's going to, you know, he's going to test very well. He's going to interview very well. Um, So that all will kick him up. I mean, I don't see him jumping either Stroud or Young, but it only takes one team to fall in love and somebody's probably going to do it. Yeah, and and, and Hendon Hooker, you know, obviously a lot of people were, were bashing Stetson Bennett Hennon Hooker is almost the same age as Stetson Bennett, uh, wildly enough. Isn't he like 24 years old? There's just some old... Uh, I, this is an, an interesting aspect of, yeah. of the, uh, uh, the NIL that we're going to see going forward. Um, by the way, I, I heard that a, uh, a, an Oregon tight end just qualified for his eighth year of eligibility. <laughs> it's, it's getting weird. It's yeah, getting really also weird. The, the, the COVID year... Right, so that gave a lot of other players an extra year. Um, so that's where Hendon Hooker gets, you know, an extra, his sixth year of eligibility, et cetera. Um, 
But, and then the free transfer rule and stuff like that. So it allows guys to play. And then the only you only uh, need to sit out if you if you can play in up to four games. So guys like Sam Hartman played in four games and then still was able to redshirt that year. Uh, so now he'll go on to like his seventh season as a starter for Notre Dame next year. But I'm telling you, all the all the boomers that were afraid of NIL, it's made the game infinitely better. Uh, players are staying in college longer. Look how many great players decided to stick around. I mean, this draft class is not nearly as good as it should have been because so many players that could have that could have declared. I mean, look, Jared Verse uh, by by most accounts is a top ten pick, and he's sticking around for Florida State. Um, it's, it's, it's a, it's an interesting, um, side effect of NIL that I don't think a lot of people considered, but it's amazing. It's great. Uh, I, yeah, I think, guys, I, I think the college football product is better than ever. Yeah. Guys that were, you know, uh, later round draft picks and stuff that weren't going to get big bonus money. Instead, I can hang out, get another year in school, party my ass off and make, you know, maybe six, seven figures. Sounds good to me. Hell Yeah. Yeah, it's going to probably ruin some people's chances, but, you know, who cares? Those people wouldn't have made it in the NFL anyways. Um, it, and, they'll, and they'll walk out with some money. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They, they, they won't be homeless, like like has been the case for decades. Uh, but I do got to say, uh, let, let's, just, let's just touch on it. Worst national championship ever? I mean, we, the, the national championship product as a whole for the last 30 years, I mean, there's obviously been some great games, but for the most part, Real stinkers. The national championship is not a great product. Now, the college football playoff as a whole was fucking excellent this year. The semifinals was mm-hmm. fully worth the whole college football playoff system. But, you know, heard a lot of boomer takes. Like I told you, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts today. Lots of boomers are calling for Alabama to, to be in the playoff. Like, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Should, should Alabama have gone? Absolutely not. They did not earn it. Uh, you earn it on the field. That's for why do we play the games? If we're just going to put Alabama in the national championship every year, why do we play the games? Um, yeah. So they lost twice. They forfeit their their ability to get into the national championship in the playoff for that reason. Um, once it expands into twelve teams, Alabama's probably going to have a lot more chances at national championships. But like we play a tournament for the NFL, right? There's the whole playoffs and, and it leads up to Super Bowls. How many times are the Super Bowls fucking awful games? And nobody says, oh, you know, it should have been that other team that, uh, that they played in the NFC Championship game. No, the Super Bowl is the Super Bowl. The rules are the rules. And sometimes you get a blowout. Just happens. This wasn't even a blowout, though. This was a nuking. I mean, yeah. and, dude, and, 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 and straight up, I'm just going to say it. Love Kirby Smart. Holy shit, this guy. The, the fact that they're going for it on fourth down, up by 45 points, uh, fucking, dude, you know what? And if people say, like, running up the score, nope, I'm sorry. There is no running up the score in a national championship game. In any type of championship game or bowl game, there is no running up the score. You, you're, you're, you're the two best teams in the, in the country, quote-unquote. Whatever that other team can produce is what they can produce. And I really admire, dude, Kirby Smart, it was funny listening to uh, Kirk Herbstreet commentate the game. He's basically talking about how Kirby Smart just like manipulates his players with like anger and like t- making sure that they think they're always the underdog, even though there's yeah, no there's like no team they're that- predicted to go seven and six or somebody somebody <laughs> said yeah right. So he just um, basically okay. drudges up all the worst 
like thoughts from the media and, and like basically just tries to like manipulate his players. Uh, but I, I love the guy and sh- shout out to him for just going balls of the wall. Uh, some yep. NFL coaches should probably learn that, especially with some yeah. of the lead losses or the, some of the lead losses we've seen this year. Um, especially the fucking, you know, obviously the most famous Super Bowl loss of all time, but yeah, smother your yeah. opponent in the championship game. I, I admire the shit out of it. And a lot of people are going to want to play for Georgia because of that game. Kirby Smart actually got his coaching career started at the Florida State University uh, as a GA. So just FYI there. Go Knowles. Another guy we let slip through our fingers. Beautiful. Beautiful. All right, let's let's go to the NFL. Um I mean he went he went to Georgia, so it was supposed to be an uneventful week um in the NFL last week. It was fucking awesome, as it turned out. Um let's just real quick on this Eagles game. Uh sorry, the uh, Cowboys game. Um hilarious the Cowboys are it's not even the playoffs and they're already in full playoff mode you lose to the commanders Sam Howell's first start ever by the way Sam Howell looks fucking awesome um but Mm -hmm. uh, interesting game and are the Cowboys in trouble I think they are yeah I I agree I think they're very vulnerable um I think Mike McCarthy's terrible um and you know they probably did enough this season to keep him safe again somehow, but yeah, he's he's terrible, and I, I think they're in a lot of trouble. I mean, look at this franchise, right? So like they they lose in the playoffs all the time. Um, they haven't really won many playoff games since you know the Super Bowl runs in the nineties, um, and just the way this entire team plays, like I feel like you, especially with Captain Turnover over there and Dak Prescott. This is a team that absolutely can be taken advantage of. Um, we've seen Todd Bowles in playoff games really scheme it up and make it difficult on the opponent in terms of moving the ball offensively. And as good as the Cowboys' defense is, they have some holes, and you can get them, right? Um, plus, I trust Tom Brady. So I think that this is going to be a tough game for them. Um, it's Monday night. It's a standalone game. Uh, all eyes on this. It, I would be worried if I was Dallas fans. Yeah, two-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, it's definitely a sexy um, money line pick for me. Uh, if Tom Brady's going to get it, is going to get it together and figure it all out in one game, it's going to be in the playoffs. Um, and so I, I'm, I'm, I'm ridiculously excited for that matchup. Uh, Eagles game, you know, they, it seemed like they trounced them, but they really didn't. And, no. and the Eagles had a lot to play for in this game because you know, obviously, the Four Niners were nipping, nipping at their heels. Uh, and, and the funny thing is, the Cow- the Cowboys win and the Eagles lose. The Cowboys win the East, but. Right. Of course, they they flub it. The 49ers could have came, uh, but so the, the Eagles actually had a lot to play for. Guess what? They only won by six points, and it was against all David Webb, Davis Backups. Webb, Davis yeah. Webb. So, yeah. um, that was a wild game. Uh, are the Eagles in trouble? Like it seems like a lot of teams are just kind of their wheels are just falling off. I don't think the Eagles so much because one, I mean, first game back from Jalen, he missed a lot of time. You know, he he needed that as a tune-up game, uh, especially. I'm glad he, he was able to get in the regular season and get some snaps. Um, and two, just the, the parts of that game I watched, I think they controlled the pace of that game a lot more than the score indicated. There's mm-hmm. a point they were up 13 to zero and had completely dominated the game to that point. So I, I think the score is a lot closer than than the game necessarily was. Um, and again, that roster is just so good. It's so deep. They're going to get another tune-up game uh, under their belt, and I think they'll be. I think they'll be okay. 
Yeah, they get a bye week, which is nice. Um, There are concerns, though, and I don't think it's just Jalen Hurts. With uh, Lane Johnson, you know, that injury, supposedly he's going to come back. He's going to play through it and stuff. It's still really painful, and we don't know that he's going to be at full strength. And then Jalen said he had issues throwing the ball um, due to the shoulder. So I I would be there. I'm not 100% unconcerned. I'm not super worried right now if I'm them. I just, we'll see what happens and we'll see how it plays out for them. Um, but yeah, for the most part, I think that they have a pretty good coaching staff. They have one of the better rosters in the NFL. So I'm not overly concerned at this point if I'm them. It is um, wild. Like you said, I, th- I think that they kind of just took their foot off the gas. And how about Boston Scott with a t- another touchdown against the Giants because he pretty much scores all of his touchdowns against the Giants. Well, so, and, and anybody can score, anyone is, is allowed to score a touchdown in the Phillies offense except for Miles Sanders. That, that's, right. that, that's, that's just a blood pact that apparently uh, they made the, the, the second that Miles Sanders was drafted. Um, no, but I just want to read this off for you. So these are the leading receivers for the Eagles. A.J. Brown, four catches for 95 yards. These are all against Giants backups, by the way. Uh, Devontae Smith, seven catches, 67 yards. Dallas Goddard, six, six catches for 46 yards. Okay, that's the Eagles starters against the Giants. Now, let me read off the Giants leading receivers because it's fucking hilarious. Lawrence Cager, uh, eight receptions, 69 yards. Uh, Marcus Johnson, three catches, 36 yards. I don't even know who this guy is. Kenny Galladay. Uh, two yeah, catches, right. 30 yards. This, so, by the way, this is the point of Kenny Galladay's career where he's playing <laughs> as the backup squad for the Giants, and he's still not even good. <laughs> he did score a touchdown, though, right? It's his first touchdown yep. as a Giant, I believe. Yeah, I saw a guy hit an, uh, an anytime touchdown parlay with Kenny Galladay <laughs> in it. Like, the fucking stones on that guy. <laughs> oh, my God. How, how much? I mean, the wager had he bet, to be he bet like two, He bet, like, 250. What? Uh, and it won, like, eight, like, it won, like, 86,000. Yeah, I, I saw that. It was a massive. It, it. it was all a, any touchdown parlay. You just had a, a bunch of different players, and they it was like five or six hit. players. But Kenny Galladay has to drive that number way up. Yeah, yeah. So um, Kenny Galladay, I mean, two catches. So I guess he was only seventy four catches shy of, of of getting of hitting his big roster bonus. Um, I, think, <laughs> I, th- I think he was only seven touchdowns short. So maybe a comeback from Kenny Galladay. Um, yeah, thir- I mean, honestly, he's gonna have a, he's gonna have a great playoffs. <laughs> the, the way the last the way the last two years have been going, um, this is a this is an this is an up for Kenny Galladay to be the third best receiver on the Giants backup squad. I mean, honestly, is it too early to say Kenny Galladay comeback for twenty twenty three? I I don't know. I, I I'm still a little bit weary of him. Some red flags, but I I, I think he, I think he might be on the up and up for sure. <laughs> Never too early. Never too early. Nope. So the um, the Seahawks game that was fucking bananas. Maybe the last uh, coaching game that McVay ever coaches in LA, which is wild. I didn't even know that was a thing, but apparently that might be the last game we ever see of him. Um, crazy game. What were you guys' thoughts? Baker Mayfield certainly has probably earned a you know at, he's probably going to be a bridge quarterback for some team next year. Um, but. What do you guys think about, the, first of all, the the game itself and then the Seahawks going to the playoffs? Yeah, I was rooting hard for the Rams to win that game because I wanted the Lions to get into the playoffs. Um, but, you know, obviously that didn't happen. Um, I, 
I thought the you know I thought it was a really fun game to watch. Obviously, it comes down to you know field goal and overtime and all this other stuff. It's kind of brutal um, ending way way for the Lions fans, you know, to have their hearts their uh, their hopes dashed. But ultimately, I thought that you know it looked pretty good. Um, I still think the Rams are a good team, so I'm not super worried if I'm Seattle uh, in that respect. But um, I would be concerned kind of heading into the playoffs because I just don't know. How, I don't know if they're better than any of the teams that they're going to match up with. Yeah, for me, that's that's the problem. It's just it's, it's a lack of talent. I think they they squeeze every win possible out of that roster, um, and now they got to play the big boys and they got to play you know the kind of the cream of the crop there. Uh, when it comes to what's left uh, in the NFC. And I just don't think they stack up against any of those teams particularly well. Yeah, C- Seattle's got a lot of great things coming, f- you know, going for them, but <laughs> they killed the draft last year. Um, but as it turns out, like, <laughs> this is kind of a pointless playoff playoff run for them. Um, you know, they, they still have a great pick because of the Broncos trade. Uh, but, you know... Kenneth Walker's truly a stud. They got a lot of good building blocks. Like they probably, sh- they probably shouldn't even have started. Probably should have started Drew Locke and just bombed this season. Um, they, they are what 10 and a half, 11 point dogs. They're 10 and a half point dogs against the 49ers. Does anyone think they have any chance? I, I personally think they're going to lose by 20 plus points and it's going to be like, not just, not just an ass kicking, like a curb stomping. Yeah, it's going to be ugly. I don't, yeah. I don't see it being close at all. No, I don't. I don't like that at all. I think that's probably the, the my second uh, second most likely victory besides the Bills and Dolphins. Dude, Brock fucking Purdy, man. I mean, this this is really nothing else to say. Uh, Brock Purdy is truly the, what what a what a bit of providence for an organization that did everything they could to fuck up their entire future by mortgaging everything on Trey Lance. And then a guy like Brock Purdy just falls in their lap, like so fortuitous and and almost un, like they don't deserve it, in my opinion. Like And Brock Purdy, he's the future, is he not? I mean, if it wasn't for how many injuries they've weathered, I would say so too. But man, they've been through the fucking ringer the last few years and in injuries. Maybe they deserve one of these. Um I, it's still. I feel like it's still too early to tell on, on Brock Purdy. A, a lot of the times, these guys that you know weren't weren't on the radar start kind of hot. I mean, there were people anointing Mike King or uh, Mike White last last year. Um, you know, I know a few people who, who were really high in Davis Mills at a point. Uh, so you, I, I don't <laughs> think you ever know with these kind of guys. Uh, they were, you know, they were where they are were on the depth chart for a reason. I think you've at least tapped into a guy who can be a backup for you for several years on a rookie deal, um, and obviously you can step in there and start. But I think the thing that this points out to me more than anything else is that Kyle Shanahan can make any offense quarterback-friendly. Like, I could probably go play quarterback in Kyle Shanahan's offense. We might not win quite as many games as Brock Purdy, but I think we could win a couple. Um, but it's just, he's, he's really good at it. And for that reason, um, same thing with running backs. Just never allow Kyle Shanahan to draft a running back or quarterback ever again because for some reason they think that they need a superstar and they don't. And he just like doesn't play into his own hand. Go draft something that's that's actually going to help you out, Kyle. Like never allow anybody, never allow Shanahan to have any say in any draft pick, period. Uh, but yeah. I, I actually disagree. With the, I, I think Brock Purdy is is truly the, the, the real deal. You mentioned Davis Mills. Um 
Davis Mills actually sucked balls last year. Uh, I, I just I love I loved the way that he passed, um, and I just I just liked his intangible his fucking talent. I still do. I, I still think Davis Mills is an interesting prospect who played on an absolutely dreadful team. But Brock Purdy is just straight up playing incredible football. His his completion percentages, and, and I know he, he doesn't throw a lot of passes, but I truly believe this guy is the fucking future. And and whether or not they deserve it, like what do they do with Trey Lance? That's going to be a huge offseason question. Um, but this is a guy with so much moxie. It really it feels Brady-like. I know the comparison keeps being, getting made, but it really does just feel Brady-like for this guy to come out of nowhere. And say what you want about him. He's playing the same low percentage passing offense that uh, Jimmy Garoppolo did Jimmy Garoppolo. before he went down, yeah. and he's outplaying Jimmy Garoppolo like without question. So I, I, I don't I mean, know. There, man. There's a, there's tons of room between Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey Lance, and good quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. There's so much space in there. I definitely think he occupies that space. He's the best option they have easily. I just don't. I don't know what his ceiling is. I don't. I don't know. You know. It's, but then again, to you know, to Newman's point. I don't think he has to be amazing for them to be really good. I think they can win the Super Bowl with with him this year. Mm-hmm. I agree. 49ers are red hot. Um, and on the other side of the coin, uh, I, th- I think the 49ers version of, of the AFC 49ers right now are the Bengals, who are also just fucking red hot. Um, possibly, you know, affected by this, you know, this, this, this uh, Bills game that they never ended up getting played. They could have possibly got the first uh, seed if they would have been able to. But I don't think it matters, man. The Bengals are doing it again. Same exact thing they did last year, getting hot at the exact right time. And I don't know who in the AFC can beat this team. Uh, but they, they they just absolutely smothered the Ravens last week. Um, not not like it was unexpected. The Ravens were playing with, what, Anthony Davis or whatever? at or who? Anthony, Anthony Brown. Anthony Brown. Um, yeah. So... You know, it's not like they had any firepower, but still just absolutely crushed them. And they're crushing everything in their path. And they were beating the Bills, you know, prior to that game getting shut down. Um, who can possibly beat this team? It's certainly not the Ravens this week, right? No, absolutely not. I don't think Lamar is supposed to play in this game. Um, but I think, you know, I think that it's possible that the, the Bills and um, the Chiefs can beat uh, the Bengals. The question is, will um, and I think these are going to be some really good football games. So I am excited for um, the playoffs. Did you guys see the stat where they had uh, all the playoff teams in the AFC are first round quarterbacks, and none of the play of the quarterbacks for the NFC are basically? I mean, Geno Smith is a Pro Bowler for the <laughs> NFC, so that, tell, that, tell, yeah. that tells you all you need to know. And Kirk Cousins, it's it's like Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts, yeah. Kirk Cousins, Geno Smith. Like what? Yeah. What a what a ragtag group of guys. But yeah, the, the talent is so. Or, or I guess one is. I'm sorry. Daniel Jones is the only first round quarterback out of out of the um, the, the NFC teams. Yeah, stud. <laughs> total, total stud, Daniel Jones. <laughs> um, but yeah, the Bengals Ravens game. I mean, if Lamar plays, all right. It's, so let's just talk about it. What the fuck is going on with Lamar Jackson? It's very ominous. Um, nobody's really like talking about it. Uh, but they are talking about it. And when they asked John Harbaugh about it, have you seen his questioning the way he replies? One time he just goes, I love Lamar. I love him. You guys know that. I love him. I love him with all my heart. And I'm just like, what? did Lamar Jackson die or something? Like, why the fuck is he talking like this? He was, it was almost like he was, you know, giving like a eulogy or something like that. I'm like, it sounds an awful like, lot like the Ravens are just completely moving on from a guy like 
they're in the fucking playoffs. Like, what is going on? This is one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. It's it's like they've already chosen to move on from a guy as if the season is completely over. They still have a fucking solid defense, and with Lamar Jackson can win games. Like, get it together. Like, whatever's going on yeah. with this organization, it's bizarre. So he hasn't been practicing. They say it's due to the knee injury. Um, but also, if you're Lamar, how motivated to really go out there and do that would you be when essentially they're proving right now because of how bad they are without you um, that you're worth, you know, whatever you want to demand in, in, you know, negotiations. So I think that that has something to do with it. Um, also, knee injuries are, you know, fickle. Uh, so maybe he's not healthy, but he's not expected to play in this game. Um, they're hoping for Tyler Huntley. That's their only chance. Obviously, AJ, uh, Anthony Brown is not going to be able to beat the Bengals um, this week. But this is kind of a waste of a really good defensive year for them. Um, but leave it to uh, a Harbaugh to, to give a, a weird quote at a, in, during an interview, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think he's probably not too motivated to get back out there and play on that injury when he doesn't have a guaranteed contract next year. Um. And to, to your point, I think this is you know great leverage for him. Them going out and not looking good, it's not, you know, it's not necessarily what you want from a you know a, a team first perspective. But he's he's making you know the, the case for for his you know, ability and, and really what he brings to the table for them. But I mean, I expect them to franchise him. I've said this before before the season. Um, they reached a deal with Roquan Smith, going to make him the highest off-ball linebacker in the history of the NFL, highest paid uh, at five-year, $100 million contract, with like 47 of it guaranteed off the rip, and then an additional potentially, I think, 13 or something included in parts, parts of the guarantees. So we're looking at, you know, at least $60 million for for Roquan Smith, uh, the trade that they made with the Bears. But that opens the door for them to allow them to franchise tag Lamar, which I think has got to be the plan. Does that mean they franchise tag him and then trade him? We'll see. Um, if that's the case, I think that they need another quarterback, though, because I don't think you can go into the season with Tyler Huntley at quarterback next year. Um, but those are all off-season questions that they'll have to answer. For right now, I think we can just focus on this game. Um, but I don't, I don't really, unless they have some hidden sleeve up their, tr- uh, you know, hidden trick up their sleeve, up their sleeve. I don't think that they're going to have a chance in this game here next week. No way. And it's actually kind of funny the Roquan Smith situation because, like, Roquan Smith, like has his, like, uh, drinking buddy, like, making calls for him to teams and, 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 like, representing him. Like, he doesn't have, like, a certified, like, actual NFL agent. He just has, like, a dude. So, um, it's funny that he w- – it's it's just funny that Lamar Jackson is, is like, re- represented by Lamar Jackson and his mom and can't get a deal gun, uh, done. Roquan Smith goes in there, and within a few months, they give him the the, the biggest deal ever. Like, that's a slap in the face to Lamar. Um, and it's also just funny that Roquan was able to do this while not even being represented by an actual agent. Yeah. yeah. So, um, the Vikings, uh, I got to just, I got to say something about this Vikings-Bears game because it was so fucking funny. Um, you know, Houston blows it. They blow their chance to get the number one overall pick. Meanwhile, the Bears are doing everything right. <laughs> I've never seen a more blatant um, tank job than in this Vikings-Bears game, but it was really funny what happened in this game. So they start Nathan Peterman. like living- that, that, That's a winning proposition, right? Exactly. Starting Nathan Peterman? Yep. If you want to lose a game, go and get the biggest meme 
that's ever come out of one of the worst quarterbacks to ever play. So they're starting Nathan Peterman. It's already memeable in itself. The Vikings go up by a lot in the first half. But then the Vikings sit everybody coming out in the second half. So just complete B squad. And I think the Bears actually got worried that they were going to accidentally win the game. So who do the Bears have to back up arguably the worst quarterback to ever play a game in the NFL? Arguably the second worst quarterback I personally have ever seen ever throw a football. And he was horrible in college. This guy's the fact that he even has a job is incredible. Who do they replace Nathan Peterman with? But Tim fucking Boyle, who had a, like a like a atrocious losing record, like barely even a positive touchdown interception ratio in college. But it's just so well, TV fucking twelve. Yes, exactly. Tim fucking Boyle. So if, if you want to know a blueprint, like the Bears aren't good at doing a lot of things, right? They're really good at tanking, and they they just obviously tanked in this game, and I love it. It worked out for them. Good for them. Absolutely. Sure did. <laughs> Let's talk about the Vikings. Uh, so there's, there's obviously the Giants. I, I, by the way, I've never seen a team sit their entire all their starters with nine wins. I thought that was kind of comical. They, they literally didn't have anything to play for. But the fact that, like, Daniel Jones didn't even come out for, like, a quarter to stay warm, it was just a little bit bizarre. Like, this is not, like, a hot team going to the playoffs. This is a nine-win team, you know, kind of limping into the playoffs. But literally, there's nothing they could have done with their seating, win or lose. So I get why they did it. But it, it is a bit odd. Uh, it's it's an odd, you know, first-year uh, decision by Dabble. But what about this Vikings-Giants uh, game? I mean, three points, that's exactly what it was just three weeks ago. Um, any chance the Giants win this? I mean, there's always a chance. Kirk Cousins, what time is this game going to be played? Four o'clock. So uh, exactly. Okay, so it's not not quite prime time. Um, so we shouldn't have any issues with that theoretically. But he's Kirk terrible Cousins in four throw, o'clock games too. Yeah, Kirk Cousins can throw could throw some interceptions. He, he he can throw you one or fumble or whatever. Um, that defense is obviously a concern. Uh, if I'm the Giants, you know, my plan is to try to tr- force at least one turnover, take the ball away, and uh, and then g- get out to a lead and kind of sit on it. Because I think that they should be able to run the ball on the Vikings. They should. They have Saquon Barkley. Obviously, he's a stud. Um, back to his all-pro form. They have, you know, Daniel Jones that they can use in the running game. Their wide receivers have actually played kind of decent this year. So I think that they, you know, if they can get out to a lead, they, they have a chance. Um, but if they're playing from behind, then it's not going to be very good for them. So I think there's a chance. I don't necessarily love it because on the other side, there is, you know, arguably one of the at least top 10 players in the NFL in Justin Jefferson, uh, plus, you know, a bunch of other really good players on that offense. So, yeah, I definitely think it's in the range where it could go either way, but I still think, you know, the Vikings are justifiably the favorites here. Um, there's really only one game plan that works for, for the Giants, and they have to get a turnover or two, and Saquon has to just you know run the ball and, and take some time off, off the clock. And I think that's the only, really, the only plan they can really execute to, to come out. Yeah, Daniel Jones is not a good quarterback. Um, Saquon Barkley is really, really good. Uh, the Giants are really kind of untalented as a whole. I'm telling you guys, I think the Giants are going to win this game. I, I just, I just have a weird fucking feeling about it. And if we know the Vi- if we know anything about the Vikings, what do we know about the Vikings? The Vikings are either going to win this game by three points in overtime, or they're going to lose this game by forty points. There's no in between. 
There's no in between with this team. It's either win, squeak out a win, or lose by 40 points. Um, and I happen to think it's going to be the latter. I mean, the, look, look at what the Packers look at. Look at what the Packers looked like just last week against the Lions. Like that's the team that just blew out the blew the fucking pants off the Vikings just a week prior. I just got a bad feeling. Um, I kind of I, yeah, but the Lions are really good, man. They're really good. <laughs> they are. They straight up are real a really good football team. Like I, that game was awesome to watch. Yes, the line the lines are fucking awesome. And like I said, nobody wants no no team wants to play that. They, the Lions are built to beat and lose to literally any team in the NFL. They, they, I tell you, they they can beat the Bills and they can lose to the Panthers because they literally did just two weeks ago. Um, yeah. So they, they they were a scary team, but this this Vikings team. I mean, we're, we're big DVOA guys. The Vikings finished twenty mm-hmm. seventh. Boys, 27th, 20th on offense, 27th on defense, 30th on special teams. So they're not even good at special teams. This team is so fucking average. It's incredible that they got the 13 wins. Like, shout out to the fucking coaching. Like, like an incredible coaching job. Um, but this is not a good team. And, and a part of me almost wants to just see it end so that we can fire our defensive coordinator, Ed Donatel. Um, I, I'm doing dry January, but I'm going to drink so much on Sunday to prepare for this game because I'm not emotionally ready for it. <laughs> but but didn't both of these teams win a lot of close games? Wasn't that the whole thing? So, I mean, I expect this to be a close game, and one of them's going to win it. That's yep. kind of just how this is going to play out. And I'll take your uh, word. That's a pretty hot take. <laughs> <laughs> one, one, of the, one of these teams is going to win this game? I don't know, man. I mean, coming, coming from you, I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> So the, uh, the this this game is um, I I can't trust my own thoughts in this game. So whatever you guys say about this game, I'm gonna go with because I've been wrong about the Vikings. Well, actually, I've been I was very right about the Vikings in our preseason pods. I called out that they were gonna win 13 games exactly, but they did they not did. do it the way that I thought they were gonna do. And I thought we were gonna have a good pass rush. We don't even have that. Uh, we have a guard playing center. This this game's gonna be disastrous. I think. Um, but uh, I, I want to go to what might be the most intriguing game of the week. Chargers, Jaguars. I'm serious. I, 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 I straight up think this is, this is the best game of the week. I think it might be the most entertaining. Jaguars are red hot. The Chargers aren't red hot, but they're hot. You know, they, 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 um, they, they definitely got it together towards the end of the year. What are you guys' thoughts on this game? Jags, one, one and a half point dogs at home. Ugh. That's I mean, so props to the Jags for the turnaround that they just went through, right? Yes. Doug Peterson, obviously co- coach of the year candidate there, um, taking a team that literally picked number one overall the past two seasons, right? So we know that the roster was not necessarily very good when he inherited it. Um, the whole Urban Meyer mess that they had going on there. Um, and they turn around. They were, I think at one point, they, had, they were like three and seven or something like that. Um, and they win the division. Uh, they catch the Titans, who just go on a free fall. Free fall. Um, they beat them head to head last week to, to advance and and get the home game there. Um, and this is a Chargers team that they flat out beat, uh, whatever week three of the regular season, I believe. And it wasn't very close. Um, I think the Chargers are better now because Justin Herbert was a little dinged up in that game. So this should be a competitive game. Um, they the Chargers also have a ton of talent. Uh, Derwin James on the other side of the ball is an absolute freak um, and can just eat your lunch. Um, 
end. So it, I definitely agree with you. It's going to be the one of the closer games of the weekend. I think Vegas actually has it projected as such. Uh, I think the line right now is uh, one and a half. So, but the Jags are actually the dog. So home dog. Uh, that's kind of a nice little action. I love it. I I I'd bet on the I, Jags uh, all day. <clears throat> I'm all over Jacksonville on this one. I, I, I really. I think quarterback play, as far as what they're actually putting on the, on the field right now, is pretty similar. Uh, mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence is starting to show why he was, you know, had that draft ped- pedigree coming in, um, and pretty pretty evenly matched teams uh, as far as is overall talent. I think Jacksonville's the better defense, a lot of defensive talent. Uh, they've they've accrued a lot of picks on that side of the ball. Uh, Travis Etienne can score on any play, absolute home run threat uh, on any given play, and. For me, you look for a difference maker, and it's coaching. I think Staley should be fired. Yeah. I think he's on the hot seat to be fired. If, if they lose this game, it, for their sake, I hope it happens. Uh, but you got to give the edge of Jacksonville in that department. I think I think the, the, the good move um, for the Chargers, if, if they lose this game, I, I 100% with you. they got to fire Brandon Staley immediately. Um, he was not the right coaching hire to begin with. They brought in a defensive coach. They might have a generational talent at quarterback. You got to bring in an offensive mind. You 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 just do. Um, and w- when you got a guy like Herbert, like you can't fuck around with you know rotating offensive coordinators. You got to bring in an offensive mind that that is just a, a a rock in that organization that can be always be there and just continue to develop Herbert. Um, but here's here's my take on this Jaguars game. Fuck the Eagles. How many generationally good talents are they going to acquire and then let go at coach? And everything's just going to work out for the fucking Eagles. You have Andy Reid, who's a Hall of Fame coach if he retires tomorrow. He brings you to four NFC Championship games in a row. Lost a lot of big games in the playoffs, but they let him go, and then he just goes off and on a tear with Kansas City. Oh, the Eagles land on their, land on their feet get Doug Peterson, win the elusive Super Bowl. Then they fire Doug Peterson like two years later. And then Doug Peterson goes right to the Jaguars, an absolute train wreck of an organization, turns it around in one fucking year. And what are the Eagles doing now? They won fucking 14 games. Like this organization pisses me off. It pisses me off to no end because no matter what they do, they make the wrong decisions constantly and everything just works out for the Eagles. So good on you, Eagles. Like fucking everything seems to work. Everything that doesn't work out for the Vikings just seems to work out well for the Eagles. So I'm happy for you, Eagles. But if you fire Nick Sirianni in three years, like (laughs) fuck you. And I I hope it doesn't happen again. But lightning has literally struck three times in a row. Nick Sirianni is an incredible coach. But Doug Peterson is a fantastic fucking coach. And he should be coach of the year. I mean... what, what do you, what I do you think guys, some what other, I think there's some other candidates in there, but I want to touch on something real quick before we move off of this yeah. um, to that next point. Um, Brandon Staley basically did the opposite of what the Giants did, right? The Giants had nothing to play for. You know who else had nothing to play for? The Chargers. And what did they do? They left their starters into like the fourth quarter. Mike Williams got carted off with an injury. So like all the reasons why people are like, what are you doing? Played out in front of us. And they lost. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So yeah, it's just it's just a bad look. Um, I don't know if he gets fired. I don't think he. I think he. They give him the opportunity to change the offensive coordinator uh, at least once before they fire him because this team is kind of heading in the right direction. But it really kind of just depends on what the GM and how much he feels. It's more roster versus the coaching 
that's taking them where they want it or where they've gotten to at this point. Um, but yeah, I, I just think it's absolutely hilarious that you, that you know Brandon Staley does the opposite of Brian Dable and all the reasons why I play out. It's embarrassing in the fact that they still couldn't beat him. Like, hey, if you're going to go out and play a game because you think you got to be hot going to the playoffs, like, good on you. But if you can't take care of business against fucking the cringe master himself, Russell Wilson, like, that's that's a fireable offense, in my opinion. And you lose your one of your best receivers, like, that's, that's pretty fucking embarrassing. Um, and this guy's had a lot of blunders, uh, you know, not... Not the least of which uh, him cat-cowing on the sidelines and doing his weird little warm-ups. Like, listen, I've started doing yoga in the new year. Uh, I, I know what a cat-cow is. You, you, you don't have to thrust like that, Brandon Staley. You don't have to pretend like you're, you're, you're sodomizing a ghost. Um, he's just, I mean, he, did, he do, did he do three hip thrusts? That should be uh, a penalty, right? <laughs> Can't show that on TV? The old yeah. angle McRingle barrier? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, anything else for the playoffs? Oh, yeah. And the Dolphins-Bills game is also there. Um, anyways. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's not going to play. That's that's ugly. Tyler um, Thompson, like, ugh. I, I, think it's, I, think, I think there's another point here that we got to touch on. Um, so the Dolphins do get into the playoffs mm-hmm. uh, because they beat the Jets. Uh, the Jets went, I think, five games without scoring an offensive touchdown. Um, and, you know, subsequently have now parted ways with their offensive coordinator. But the the fact that the Jets lo- uh, lost elevates the Dolphins into the, into the playoffs. Um, the Patriots had a chance if they could have beaten the Bills, which was unlikely, but kind of played out a little closer than we would have thought. And the Steelers, who won, were desperately hoping all of their hopes on the Jets um, and the Jets let them down. I'll tell you that that happens frequently, Steelers fans. That's why you don't have to deal with it. Um, but yeah, Mike Tomlin, another winning season. Yep. Another winning season. What a stud. What a stud. Yeah. Ten, ten-year extension coming. One I, of the best. I, he's, 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 he's a goat. Can't, can't, can't get any better. Um, but yeah, it really is. Uh, yeah, and, and the, uh, the Mike McDaniel, uh, uh, Salah, tongue kiss at the end of that game that was pretty beautiful um they're, they're friends they both came from the 49ers and they had they had a quite the long embrace um it was a beautiful moment between them i'm almost thinking you know maybe some sexual favors were exchanged to get the dolphins in the playoffs um if if you're gonna exchange those favors it's not the time to do it though mike mcdaniel i don't know i, I don't think he's he's very good at picking this moment yeah i mean you've got the shortest coach and xerxes going not going at each other so <laughs> He really does look like Xerxes. I don't care what anyone says. Robert Salah looks like Xerxes from 300. Like, throw some earrings in him and some gold chains, and he, he's Xerxes, 100%. Uh, what, do you, what do you guys think of some of these other firings? Cliff Kingsbury, popu- a popular topic on this podcast. Everyone hates him except for Marcus. I, I actually I kind of regret Marcus not being on this podcast because I almost wanted him to like try and defend him. Um, right decision, and by the way, the Cardinals have declared that Kyler Murray will have a big input in the next head coach. What do you think about that? That sounds like a mistake to me. Um, it's it's yeah. ridiculous. I, we all kind of saw Cliff getting fired um, before the season. I think he was definitely high on all of the hot boards. Um, the team just it doesn't progress. They, they tail at the end of every season. Um, there's not a lot of continuity. There's not a lot of... Um, like if you look at college, Minnesota has PJ Fleck and his motto is row the boat. It doesn't seem like this organization is all heading in the right direction, uh, or one direction 
no matter which way it is. So because of that, um, I think, you know, that's a good reason for Cliff Kingsbury to lose his job. I think that if Cliff wants to, he could probably get a coordinator job somewhere in the NFL next year. Um, but, or he could just take all the money and go sit on a beach somewhere. Cause that sounds like a good deal too. <laughs> God, who the hell would want to hire that guy as a coordinator? It's just such a gimmicky offense that was built around Bill Belichick. Probably, I, I think that there's a chance that the Patriots could bring in Cliff Kingsbury as their offensive coordinator next year um, to replace Matt Patricia. What a nightmare that would be, Derek. I mean, anything but Matt Patricia sounds so good. <laughs> like you say something like that, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'm game. Like, let's do it. Yeah, some some of the That's other how, uh, anybody else in the NFL that you think should have been fired. And, and and do you think anybody else besides Brandon Staley, we already went over that, but do you think anyone in the playoffs could potentially be fired? Mike McCarthy? I mean, and uh, you know, over 12 wins this year, I, I don't think he's going to get fired, but in, any other guys you think might get fired? I mean, McCarthy I mean, should, talk, but he won't. Yeah. There's talk of Todd Bowles potentially being fired um, with the Bucks. I think that Dennis Allen probably should have been fired. Really? Um. For the Saints? Yeah. For, for Why? You don't, I, Do you think that team's good? Like, they're no. moved in the right direction? No, I, I don't. I, I don't like the hire to begin with. But I, I, don't right. think he, I don't think he did much different than, you know, if, if you're the guy that made that hired him, I don't think he did much different than what your expectations were uh, for, that, for that roster. Um, I mean, if I'm looking around that division, right, um, if I'm the owner or the GM or whoever's making that decision, and I'm like, okay, so this is a shitty division. We've got a pretty decent roster heading into this year. We went for it in the draft, right? We traded up for Chris Olave, and we made all these moves, you know, um, uh, Trevor Penning, et cetera, et cetera. And we went out there, and we thought we were good. We signed Andy Dalton as our backup quarterback in case something happened with Jameis. You know, that plays out how it does. And this team just looks absolute shit. Um they get outplayed by the Panthers. They get outplayed by Atlanta. They get outplayed by the Bucks. You're not the you're the worst team in the division. Why are you hanging on to this coach? It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. For me, for me, Ron Rivera. It, it was all over my radar. I don't know how that guy still has his job. Um, I don't think you know them beating the Cowboys in the last week of the season is enough to save him. Um, just from from the quarterback situation to just the way he's you know even handling the media, uh, I think a lot of that that charm that riverboat Ron charm is kind of faded off, and you see a guy who's just kind of doesn't feel like he needs to like explain any of his process. Things he's kind of above it all, and and I mean, what has he done? What has he done in the NFL? Yeah, I mean, he took a team to the Super Bowl, but um, yeah, the team I, like that's I, I just don't think that's enough. Cam Newton was yeah, pretty I think, damn good I, that year. I think I think I think he's certainly a guy that you can question. Um, <clears throat> and obviously, you look at the decisions that he made last week with starting Carson Wentz, and then Carson Wentz comes out and they put in Sam Howell, the rookie, and he looks way better. Explain that to me. How do you choose to start Carson Wentz in a game where you're like, oh, we think he might give us a little bit better than Taylor Heineke, and he plays awfully, and then the rookie that you had basically refused to play all season goes out there and actually performs better than both of them. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot to be questioned there, and they did fire Scott Turner. I think that probably means that he's going to be the head coach still. Um, usually, if they fired the offense coordinator at this point, that means that the head man's staying. But 
They have the I, rare I opportunity have- in uh, in sports to cl- clean house top to bottom. Yep. Get a new owner, get a new GM, get a new coach, just fucking do well, it all. I think just rebrand I think the that, team. <laughs> I think that may be part of the reason why they haven't fired him because if they are in fact going to sell the team, um, we don't know how long that's going to take for that sale to actually go through. It's all all that other stuff. Yeah. So you know you're going to go in with uh, a brand new head coach into next year, and then he'll be a lame duck because you're going to have a new ownership group. I don't know that you want to do that. So. Yeah, I, 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 I still think he could be fired. And it's just like what Derek said, a new owner comes in, he might want to bring in a whole new re- regime. But they, they're, they're not going to be good next year. You know what I'm saying? So I, I think I think he might be a good, like, almost bridge coach. Like, see what he's got last year. But but the Carson Wentz start was indefensible. I mean, that was that was an embarrassing moment. Uh, Tyler Haneke, he's such a, a huge favorite for that franchise uh, and for the fans. They had didn't have a lot to play for. Bringing him in in that moment was just so awful because Tyler Heineke is who brought you there, and then and then also watching Sam Howell come in and be that much better. It's it's it really is just embarrassing, and he's he's has made some just boneheaded decisions. And if he had any part in the decision to bring in uh, Wentz to begin with, he should be fucking fired for that alone. Because how many people are going to get fooled by Carson Wentz? It's it really is it's just embarrassing. Well, what does that say about more. Carson Wentz, right? He's so bad that a rookie off the street who hasn't played in an NFL game before comes in and looks significantly better than you um, against a team that's bound for the playoffs, right? Um, so, yeah, I, I think that the Carson Wentz story, uh, he is he should probably be a quarterback somewhere um, as a backup next year just based on the way the NFL works. But that's a, I mean, you got to be disappointed in giving up what you did for him. But anyway, yeah. So, I mean, some other moves that were made, uh, the Titans fired Todd Downing. I kind of saw that coming, especially with his DUI uh, during the regular season. But their offense was just bad. Um, so that's not really surprising. Joe Woods, the defense coordinator for the Browns, was fired. That's not really surprising. I think there's actually a question mark whether or not Stefanski's the guy, and he's a guy that could be on the hot seat next year if he's not going to get fired um, for the Browns. So I think that that's one that you have to look at. What do you think on that? Well, they, they already fired their offensive coordinator. So just, just like what you were that's saying I mean. with, with Ron Rivera, yeah. I, th- I think, no, I mean, s- listen, Stefanski won the Browns their first playoff game in decades. Um, so he he has a lot of respect. But he, but he, but he wasn't even the coach that day. He, he was sick with COVID. <laughs> True, but he, he, he was. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I mean, he, he, he holds a lot of weight. Um, and, and from what I understand, the Browns and the fans still love the shit out of the guy. Um, and it's it's been kind of a train wreck organization. The, the decision to bring in Deshaun Watson, I don't think was Defanski's decision. Um, and honestly, Deshaun Watson started to warm up towards the end of the year, but I still think that's going to be a fucking train wreck for years to come. Um, so mm-hmm. I don't know. I think you got to at least give him one more year for sure. But, I, but, but, but you, he's you on the hot I, seat next year for sure. Oh, yeah. And you know my opinion yeah, on Stefanski. I never even same. liked the hire to begin with. Yeah. He was an average. Yeah, I don't think you can expect him to do anything much different than what they did in the situation. You get rid of the you know the DC because the defense way underperformed. Um, but as a cumulative team, you can't expect them to do much better than that, you know, starting Jacoby Brissett the whole season. Right. Or you know, two thirds of the season. He actually didn't even play bad. Jacoby Brissett did. No, he wasn't um, bad, but I mean but, they they that wasn't they weren't gonna make the playoffs. But yeah, their defense, their defense was a definite issue. And so Joe Woods got fired. He's maybe the sacrificial lamb in respect to that. Um, and then, you know, the Jets fired their offense coordinator. I have no idea what they're going to do there. But yeah, 
The low-key smartest move that the Browns made all offseason was getting Amari Cooper. It turned out to be just a tremendous steal of a trade. Um, and it really saved their offense in many ways this year. Imagine how much worse they would have been without Amari Cooper. I mean, Peoples Jones popped off this year, but it wasn't until later. I mean, this this offense would have been a fucking train wreck, like even with Chubb being as good as he is. So I uh, definitely think you're right about Stefanski being on the hot seat next year because, geez, without without Amari Cooper, that, that offense would have just been atrocious. All right. Let's move on. Let's move on to uh, shower thoughts. So, shower thoughts. Your most random thoughts of the week, Newman. You want to lead us off? Yeah. So, Todd Munkin, um, who's the offense coordinator for Georgia, uh, formerly has been, you know, play caller in the NFL, um, quarterbacks coach, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so, he does have some NFL ties. I think that he's a guy that probably should get some looks uh, to jump back to the NFL as an offense coordinator. If, I mean. Based on that performance that they just put on at Georgia this year, I would certainly be looking at him if I was an NFL team looking for an offense coordinator because I kind of think that there's not a lot of great candidates and there's a lot of teams that need offensive help. Uh, we talked about, you know, obviously a bunch of teams already fired their offense coordinator. You look at the Patriots, you look at the Jets, you look at um, just tons of teams all over the NFL, the Steelers. So, yeah, I think that he could be a hot coaching candidate if somebody wants to go get him uh, or maybe he takes a, a head coaching job somewhere. Um, in college next year, who knows? Um, probably a little bit late for that cycle, but yeah. I just googled him. He has resting, disappointed father face. Todd Munkin. Oof. That's a tough one. <laughs> That's actually a great for uh, football coach. No, it, it is. And it, like both the Harbaughs have dis- have resting, disappointing father face. Um, yeah, he he looks like a guy that he can he can look at you from the sidelines after you make a dumb play, and he doesn't even have to say anything. He 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 says everything with his fucking eyes. But just look at him; like he he's always looks like you're um uh you're his athlete son, and you're telling him that you want to p- pursue your acting career. Huh. <laughs> Derek, yeah. So I, I was thinking this week, and and this is something that kind of like uh, I think I've had lingering for a while, and then watching the the first round of the college playoffs kind of reinforced it, but I'm very ready for like just brands on social media to stop being a fucking thing. Like stop trying to interact and act like a person and be cool and funny. Uh, <laughs> we, we saw the Atlanta Falcons try to uh, Twitter, try to dunk on a kid for missing a field goal, like a college kicker missed a field goal and the Atlanta Falcons are trying to dunk on them. Like get the fuck out of here. <laughs> it's not funny. And you really want Like we can go back to the receipts. What, what, you know, what, what What's your playoff history look like, you fucking idiots? Yeah, have they ever missed a big kick or anything like that? Right. So I will. I, I do have to counter um, your point with probably the greatest, um, the greatest account that has just risen up out of nowhere over the last ten years, which is the Walmart of- customer service. Nope, the official Ugh. verified Radio Shack Twitter. <laughs> Oh, Ooh. my God. If you guys don't know anything about the official Radio Shack Twitter, just literally Google Radio Shack Twitter tweets. Um, these motherfuckers are popping off. Like, Radio Shack isn't a thing anymore. But somehow this this account, like, landed with some guy who is just absolutely fucking hilarious. All right, so um, w- let me just start by saying that the Radio Shack official verified Twitter has made, like, 12 tweets about squirters. <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 one of their tweets is if you find if you find a squirter if you this is Radio Shack if you find a squirter you gotta marry that girl. 
literally just Google Radio Shack squirters and then and then immediately after go cleanse your uh, browsing history. But um, right. it it's I'm telling you the Radio Shack Twitter long long may they reign because it is a, it is a beautiful entity and I, I just want to know who's behind this operation because yeah. I don't think they do, I, do I, those interactions are great but like just knowing that some intern for the fucking Falcons is trying to dunk on a college kicker where like who's the guy running the Twitter like yep. or yeah. the you know the girl running the Twitter like she or he what are they gonna do trying to kick a field goal they're gonna shank it 18 yards to the left like just stay in your lane. <laughs> Uh, one of the Radio Shack tweets I just pulled up. Taking the second half of an edible after feeling nothing from the first half is always a bad idea. This chocolate bar got me out here fighting for my life. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Radio Shack. It, I just, I, I love it. it, it it's such an, a, a, an ironic um, reemergence of, of, a, of a brand that just, it'd be like if Blockbuster just came out and just started taking swings on, on Twitter, which probably they should. That'd be fucking hilarious. I think it would. I think it would make it hilarious if the person who's running that account actually at some point did work at Radio Shack. <laughs> I mean, I I, pre- I presume Radio Shack is still a thing. It's got to be a company. They, they probably do business in some capacity, and this has kept them relevant. Uh, but yeah, the exact tweet is, if you if you find a squirter, marrier. Um, just so fucking funny. I, I just came across that a couple weeks ago, so I'm glad you brought that up. My, my shower thought of the week is hotel showers. Um, what a glorious entity uh, hotel showers are. I don't know where you guys live um, and what your what your shower situation is like, but I live in the city, really low pressure. I live in a house that's built in the 20s, and it's just shitty. Um, I travel for work, and, dude, some hotel showers are just fucking glorious. Like, I, I stayed in a hotel shower in uh, West Palm Beach the other day, and it was, if I wanted to, I could I could have just burn my skin straight off and that, that's another thing about my 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 shower in my house like it only gets up to a certain point um and it's just like really disappointing how hot it gets oh this hotel shower i stayed at the other day was so fucking it just blasted me and it was so hot it was beautiful i the love shower was, the shower was so nice that you just said screw the bed i'm just gonna stay in the shower yep I, I slept in the shower exactly i uh I love too that they just never run out of hot water. Yep, it's just unlimited mm-hmm. hot water. So you get back from from indulging, you know, customers and drinking way too much. And you're like, all right, how do I write the ship? And I lay on the bottom of the shower for an hour. Oh yeah, <laughs> just let it just let it crank, and then get out and you order room service and you lay in your after shower bed because you know you got to get the two queen beds and you have your one sleeping bed and yep. then your everything else bed. Your eating and bed. You lay in there after the yeah the eating slash laying wet from the shower bed. Oh, dude, I am just a, I'm a monster in hotels. I, uh, I, so it's true. I, it, it, true. It, it, it doesn't matter um, what, what you do. Uh, they, they're going to wash every towel in a hotel. So, you know, it, does, it doesn't matter if you don't use the towels. It, once you check out, they're going to wash every towel in the room. So I go to town on those motherfuckers. I like lay down a whole like carpet of towels in, in the fucking bathroom. I just abuse it. And like you, like you were saying with the two bed system, uh, one time I got a shit, a shitload of Vietnamese food and, uh, I just ate all the, all a bunch of pho and shit on one of the beds and just absolutely pulverized this bed, which is disgusting. This just sitting there shirtless eating soup. And it was just, uh, and then I went to the other bed to go to sleep and I'm just, I'm just a gross person in, in hotels and it's, it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> Do you guys have so does the shower have the waterfall or like what, no, just what regular are, shower? 
Okay. So, so regular shower. The best is like is as much as like they're not big and accommodating. You just get so much support when there's like the shot the, the bath basin one, and you can, so you can think of the armrest, and you can still be on your oh, phone, yeah. just taking a, a, a drunken hour long shower. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's so good. Dude. And so, sometimes they're like, "Sorry, sir, uh, we only have a handicap room left," and I'm like. Pfft. Give me the fucking handicap Perfect. room. <laughs> I'll, yes. I'll take that bitch. Where you tell me yeah, there, there's little yeah. there's little bars I can hang on to while I'm getting blasted full full blast by that fucking water pressure. Hell yeah, sign yeah. me up for the handicap room all day long, 100. percent And it's a little bit bigger too because it's got a lot of wheelchair in. Yes, I absolutely just abuse hotel rooms. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. All right, close down the show with Factor Cap. Uh, factor cap. You t- I make a statement. You tell me if it's factor cap. Roquan Smith is worth a hundred million. Factor cap. Cap. Uh, I just I don't like paying an off ball linebacker that much money. Um, I know he's pretty young, but that's still kind of a long time. Um, and I don't know. That's a lot. Yeah, I just think the way that the NFL progresses and the way that all sports progresses from a contract standpoint. By the time this contract is over, it'll look like a deal. Probably. But still, like, even now, like like you said, off-ball linebacker, it's one of those positions that's not super valuable. It's, like, running back. It's, like, I, I just don't see it. Um, but it's going to make it interesting how they, they really design the rest of that team, the rest of that cap, because if they pay Lamar a ton of money, they're not going to get any wide receivers anytime soon. I, I, I mean, I, I'm gonna say they're just going to have to draft them all. I'm going to say yeah. fact, and it's just because th- – <laughs> This is just the Ravens building a, a Ravens team. Um, they got some really great additions in the draft last year. Um, and Roquan Smith, he is. He, he's, he's, he's a good leader. Uh, he's a good locker room presence. Um, and, and t- you know, tell me, name a Ravens team that didn't, doesn't have just a fucking destructive, incredible linebacker. And Roquan Smith is that guy. I still think he can get better, too. Um, he He's an excellent player, and... Yeah, they're, they're paying him too much money, but this is just so Ravens. Don't pay your quarterback and pay throw all your money at your defense. That's how they built multiple Super Bowl teams. That's how they've become one of the most successful franchises in the NFL. So I, I do think it's interesting. Let's bring but back they, that's they, a Raven. Yeah, but they but they hit on quarterback <laughs> in the first Ravens. round. You know, Jack, the elite Joe Flacco and now Lamar Jackson, the MVP. Like that definitely helps. True, true. And they're but I, I something tells me they're going to get a first round pick for for Lamar. So I think that they're just going to continuously build um, through the draft, and that's what the Ravens do. They stack up on yeah. defense and they build through the draft. That's what the Ravens do, and I think that might they, be the Jets. They Might want, be the Jets. They want to rebuild the the line too. So I I, yeah. I think that they're they're going to be gunning for offensive line this year. Uh, factor cap Tua should not start for the Dolphins this week. Fact, he already has three concussions this year. No more. Yeah, I think, I mean, again, I know we don't have all the science on, on exactly how the protocol should work around the concussions and stuff, but man, I, I just, it's not, you have to be realistic here. It's probably not a game they're going to win even with Tua. Um, why put him in a situation? At some point, you have to protect this guy from himself because you haven't done it yet. I, I'm definitely, I mean, it's definitely fact. He's, he's actually already been ruled out for this game. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, they're, they're, they're not even, they're not even going to touch that with, with all the shit that's going on in the NFL this year, especially with the dolphins, just awful handling of all of two, his concussions, by the way, his last concussion came in the second quarter. He finished the game. Um, right. it's a terrible uh, dude straight up could be more penalties coming for the dolphins. If, in, if any of these other things start to come out. I mean, if they continue to drop the ball on this, this is not a situation that the NFL can drop the ball on. They're actively being sued 
So yeah. um, it's not something that they can just continuously flaunt. Uh, factor cap, the Bills feel-good story continues to his storybook ending with the Super Bowl. I'm going to say cap. Um, I still like Kansas City and, and Cincinnati a little bit better uh, coming out of the AFC. I think that the Bills kind of have some question marks on defense and that secondary for, particularly. And I think that both those teams can take advantage of that, especially the Bengals with you know Jamar Chase and all their studly wide receivers. So I'm going to say cap. I think I, I just have to stick to my guns here. And I've mentioned it before. I just can't put my finger on the Josh Allen thing, but he just doesn't seem to have that kind of clutch, uh, mistake-free, laser focus gene in him. Um, you know, the, the, the Brady's, the Burroughs, the guys who just get it done. Patrick Mahomes always seems to find a way to get that throw off and get it done. Uh, and, and I think just the Bills in general and Josh Allen tend to just make a mistake when you can't afford to make a mistake. And yeah. I, I think, you know, the margin of error is going to be so thin on the AFC side of things with how many good teams there are. Um, you know, one mistake and you're out. Yeah, let's face it. The Bills have had some tremendous losses this year. The AFC is fucking stacked at the top. I think the Chiefs and the Bengals are definitively better than this team at this point. And and like you said, this just does not have the clutch gene. And, and here's the thing. They should have probably lost to the Patriots last week. If they didn't get two kick returns... They probably lose with the Patriots last week. It was a, it was a it was a fortunate like almost lucky win. Uh, mm-hmm. I yeah I I, I I want it to happen, um, but it's not. I don't think it's going to hurt shoulder in uh, hurt hurt shoulder hinders the Eagles' postseason chances. Uh, cumulatively, if you're talking about like making a run all the way to the Super Bowl, which is obviously the goal and, and what people were were expecting out of them based on their seeding. I think it does. Uh, kind of the same thing we talked about. I think that that the the Eagles' margin of error becomes so small if he can't throw the ball effectively, and if you take away any part of that offense and, and his uh, effectiveness and the threat that he provides with his arm, uh, it, it affects everything. He's less effective with his legs, and I don't know that they can really run their way to a deep playoff run, anyways. So if his shoulder is not in good shape, I, I just think that somebody trips him up. Probably the 49ers. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm on fact here. I think the 49ers are the team in the NFC. Yeah, 100%. The 49ers are hot as fuck. They're built to beat the Eagles. They have they have Absolutely. an excellent offensive line. Um, and the thing is, the way the Eagles have beaten a lot of teams this year is with this tremendous secondary. The 49ers don't pass that much. And you can, you can run on the Eagles. So I, the 49ers are in, in every way are built to beat the Eagles. Uh, I think the, 49, or the Eagles only hope this year is if Seattle somehow knocks out the 49ers, which I don't think is going to happen. The Cowboys are who we thought they are, and they're out in the first round. Fact or cap? Fact. I think the Bucks get it done. Tom Brady, don't bet against Tom Brady in the, in the playoffs. Um, the, the Bucks are home dogs. I think it's nice and, nice and ripe there. I don't, know that they, I, I don't know that they would lose this week, but I know they lose at some point. Um, I, I just don't think Dak's the guy. Um, this is a team where they, they don't even they refuse to acknowledge what everybody else can see so clearly. Tony Pollard's the best running back on that team, and they refuse to do things to make them a better team. Uh, and I again, their margin of error, and you talk about playoffs, and, and all it takes is one uh, you know, mistake or one ill, one ill, like Zeke fumbles at some point. Uh, I just think he's not explosive. Tony Pollard's the guy, and, and Mike McCarthy is, is an absolute liability. Yeah. I think the Bucks defense can can throw some 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 changeups too. They can uh 
they can get after you a little bit. This team is being carried by Dan Quinn. Um, and it, it, straight up, like Dan Quinn might, it should probably be the head coach of this team because Mike McCarthy is terrible. Dak Prescott gets worse every game I see him in. Um, he's had a few just incredible games this year, but he led the league in interceptions. He's not looked good at all. Um, I could totally see the Bucks getting it together. Uh, so I'm going to say fact, they're out. Yeah. And, and I, I can't wait to make memes about it. I'll be, I'll be there with a smile on my face. The Brady and the Bucks have a Super Bowl chance. Factor cap. I mean, I don't think that they could win four games. Um, are you talking get to the Super Bowl? Uh, even in that case, I, I find it hard. I don't think that they can beat the 49ers. Um, so if, if they have to play them, then I say no. So if somebody takes out the 49ers for them, maybe. But, um, but to have to go Cowboys, then likely looking at the Eagles, then likely looking at, you know, obviously the 49ers. I, I don't think they can make that run. Yeah, I mean, the, the chance is higher than zero. So, if you, you know, a, any chance, sure. Uh, but I, it's not something I would put any amount of money on, even with some pretty favorable odds. Uh, again, I, I don't think they get by the Eagles or the 49ers. So that's a cap? That is a cap for me. <laughs> yeah, I'm going cap. I mean, like, well, like you said, it's kind of fact, because of course they have a chance. It's Tom fucking Brady. But uh, Todd Bowles is a, is a horrible horrible coach. I think I think probably the best thing for the Bucks organization is that they just lose and Todd Bowles gets fired um, because he's not the answer. He's a really, really bad coach. I, 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 I just I can't think of anything else. Like, the guy's been given two chances. He's fumbled them both bad. And this one is embarrassing because this team was really, really good last just last year. And you're the best quarterback mm-hmm. to ever play. Definitely right. cap. Uh, and we'll, we'll conclude it with uh, the Lions make the playoffs next year. Fact. I think their roster, the way that they've built it, is one of the better rosters in the NFC. If you look at how they played down the stretch, they're one of the better teams in the NFC. Um, I think the division's wide open. Uh, you know, the Bears obviously are, are in full rebuild mode. I think there's a chance that Rodgers is not with Green Bay next year. And... Um, the Vikings have a lot of areas that need to be addressed. Like, I mean, if you a neutral site right now, I might take the Lions over the Vikings straight up. So I think that they make the playoffs next year. I'm going to go fact. I'm going to go fact too, and, and I think it's it's really the same reason. The Bears aren't going to be competitive for a year or two. Uh, I think I, I agree. I think Rogers is probably done in Green Bay. Even if he's not done, you know, completely. I don't know that he retires, but I definitely think he's done in Green Bay. Um, so it really becomes a kind of a two-team race, and you know, with a seven-team playoff, I, I think you know probably the Vikings and uh, Lions both get in. Yeah, I, I, I think it's I think it's definitely a fact. I think there's a really good chance they win the division next year. Uh, straight up, we just we just shit all over Dak Prescott, 100. percent Gun to my head, if I had to pick a quarterback right now, Jared Goff or Dak Prescott, I'm going Jared Goff all day long, baby. Jared Goff had a sneaky good season this year. He's a year younger than than Dak Prescott. He's a better pure passer than Dak Prescott. He looked really bad in the cold last week, by the way, so that might be a problem in the NFC North. But um, this this team is really fucking good. They're going to continuously get better. Amon Ra Brown is a legit wide receiver one. And we saw Jamison Williams. He had, he had a huge touchdown call back against the Packers. He looked fast as fuck. Jamison Williams. He's only going to get better. Oh, he's, he's only going to he, get better. He's a freak. The Vikings are going to forever regret just spoon feeding Jamison Williams to uh, 
to to the Lions, um, they're going to be ridiculously good next year. The one dumb thing that they did is letting go of Hawkinson at a, at a dumb time. Like he was he, he he was a good he's a good blocker and a and a good teammate. Like I don't understand that trade at all. Um, and it was just a, a weird thing that now they have to address now in the draft, and it was kind of pointless. But um, other than that, it's flawless. Uh, they need to hold on to that defensive coordinator who I think might get a shot at a few um, head coaching jobs. So that, that that's one thing a- I'd be Aaron Glenn. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm, I think, I'm due for an Aaron Glenn mention for sure. Yeah. So so I think actually their offense coordinator is almost almost guaranteed to get a head coaching job this year, Ben Johnson, and he's been a significant difference maker for him too. So that could that could hinder their potential chances if they lose too much talent on the coaching end. But outside of that, I, I like the roster. Yeah, because Dan Campbell's just like purely a motivator. <laughs> yeah. He was right. not very good at when he was calling plays. So, All right, boys, any closing thoughts? I mean, we got three Florida NFL teams in the playoffs uh, this week. We'll see how long that lasts, but I think that's kind of interesting. What a ragtag bunch of bums that wandered in. Like, it, I, I picture all the Florida teams going in, like, itching their itching their uh, neck, like, asking, yeah, like, uh, Tyrone Bigsley uh, lo- looking for crack. Um, all of them, I think, what, two of them had... No, only the Bucks had a had a losing record, right? And then both the Dolphins and the Jags just barely had a winning record. Oh, wait, no, the Jags have a losing record, didn't they? I don't know. Mm, no, I think they had a winning record. But combined, just an absolutely shitty bunch coming out of Florida. But that's that's so Florida, baby. We don't do yep. things we don't do things great, but everything seems to work out for us. All right, sports cap radio. I, I had- I, I had one more. I just thought this was really cool. The Joe Burrow thing. Did you guys see his, uh, somebody asked him how long the window is? Yeah, and he for, said the window the, is is me. My right? whole career? Yeah. I love that. I love that confidence. That's that's the opposite of the Josh Allen going back to what Derek was talking about thing. Uh, that guy has clutch written. He oozes it. Moxie as fuck. All right, Sports Cap Radio, we're out. <laughs>